and, and maybe why God has, has dealt with me this morning about transparency is because of this. So often our peers that we work around, and so often our peers that we go to school with and, and that we associate with each and every day, they just want to know if you are for real. They want to know if, you, if you've got the goods. They want to know if you're really part of God's family and His, and his army, or are you just in it on weekends? Are you just in it one day a week or two days a week? Or when the going gets tough, I'm going to step outside because I don't want the heat. The heat's too hot over there. But if, as a soldier in the army of the Lord, we got to understand I'm not going to retire in the army. We're going on to glory, amen? We're going on in the rapture. If we go in the rapture, that's one, that's, that's one way. But if we die in this army, we're still going to be with Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said for me, be absent of the bodies, be present with the Lord. Amen? And so I'm not going to get out. I'm not going to sell out. I'm not going to be talked out. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be beat out. I'm not going to be all those things that come our way that will try to push us outside of the presence of God as a soldier in the army of God and as God's presence that this covers our life and saturates us. I'm not going to be moved. We're not going to be moved in this army of the Lord. Amen? We're committed. We're, we're, we're committed for the Lord Jesus Christ. I told you last Sunday, let me read it one more time. As God's people, we need to hear this. You know, if you're looking, if you're looking for a preacher this morning that'll come tickle your ears, you're in the wrong place. Because I'm not going to tickle your ears this morning. We're in the army of the Lord, right? We're in the army of the Lord. Sometimes in the army of the Lord it gets tough. Sometimes in the army of the Lord it gets it gets hot. The battle gets hot. Sometimes in the army of the Lord it gets long. Sometimes in the army of the Lord I get I, I'm sleep deprived at times. Sometimes in the army of the Lord I, I, I've got I've got to, I've got to push beyond my present existence to get out there where God wants me to be. I can't I can't just I can't just wade in the in the in the ankle deep water or the knee deep water at times. I've got to get out there sometime where I can't even swim. It's deep enough. And there's times in the army of the Lord that I cannot be turned around. Amen. I'm not going to be cuddled. I don't have to be cradled. I don't have to be cared for. I don't have to be catered to. I am committed in the army of the Lord. That needs to be every one of our prayer this morning. Every one of our prayer. We need to understand that when the commander calls you and I, he calls us to go into battle, then we need to go into battle. When he calls us, we need to go. Even death cannot destroy us. For when Jesus Christ, our commanding officer, calls me from this battlefield, we've got to understand that he'll promote you and I to captain and then allow me to rule and allow you to rule with him. Why? Because we are a soldier in the army of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're marching forward. We're claiming victory. We're not going backwards. We're not looking to the right. We're not looking to the left. We're going forward to the, with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to be turned around. I am heaven bound. How about you? Amen. And that's what God is calling us to. And one of the things, my point this morning is simply this. When you're dealing with kingdom building things, we got to have a broken heart in order to understand what kingdom building is all about. We got to be transparent before the Lord. We got to have a brokenness of spirit. It, it can't be this thing where I'm better than you. Hello. It can't be this thing where I think I'm better than you and you think you're better than me. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Amen. And we've got to understand that if we're going to have a broken heart, we then can understand what kingdom building is all about. And once our hearts are broken, we can understand and see the kingdom of God through His eyes. 
Isn't it amazing? When we look through God's eyes, we, our, our perspective total changes. And get, instead of getting my eyes in the way. My, my total perspective changes when I begin to see people like God sees people. When I begin to see them in their faults and their failures and their difficulty, my total sight begins to change simply because I'm looking at them through the Lord's eyes. Look at your neighbor and say this, sometimes you've got to get real with God. Sometimes you've got to get real with God. Because here's the thing, when we get real with God, we can become real in front of other people as well. Not playing games here. I'm not playing church here. This thing that I'm involved in, this, this battle, this being a soldier in the army of the Lord, this relationship that I'm involved in, it's a serious thing to me. How about you? My relationship with God is serious. Amen. My walk with God is serious. Every day, it's so serious that every day, Brother Sam, when I get up, I want to I speak to Him. Every day when I get up, I want to get into His Word. Every day when I get up, I want to just say, Hey, Lord, it's me. How are you doing today? Come on. It's a, it's a serious relationship with the Father. We've got to understand what kingdom building is all about. And so we've got to get real with ourselves. And when we build the kingdom, you've got to understand that building the kingdom of God will demand your transparency. It will demand an honesty before God and others as you fulfill the plan that God has for your life. And that's what I'm talking about. When, you, when you're involved in kingdom building, it simply starts with you being transparent before the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord knows who you are anyway. The Lord knows all your good sides. The Lord knows all your bad sides. He knows your inconsistencies. He knows your failures. He knows your ups and your downs. He knows everything that there is to know about you. So why don't we just be ourselves? And when we be ourselves with God, it simply means getting to work. You say, Pastor, you could have said everything you wanted to until that right there. Because when we serve God, we just want God to bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. And I love the blessings of God, but also God says when you're part of my kingdom, you've got to go to work. You've got to go to work. And our text here begins with old brother Nehemiah. He was at work. He was found faithful to the task that God was, had given him to do. He was found faithful. He was in heartache. He was in distress because he found out that the wall of Jerusalem was broken down. The gates had been busted up. The gates had been burned. And all the people that, that survived the exile, they were, in, they were in great trouble. They were in great distress, disgrace and distress, all of those things. And he said, I've got to go back. I've got to be able to do something for the Lord. I've got to go back and rebuild my city. You've got to understand that besides the mutual sharing of resources here that's implied in this chapter with the, with the word we sometimes use, koinonia, the fellowship of God's people, there's also an implication here that Nehemiah was left open to the king. You remember the Bible said, you go back to the, the, very, first, the very first verse, I believe it was. No, verse number two, it says the king, why has your face sad since you're not sick? In other words, Nehemiah had never seemed sad in front of the king before. He had developed a relationship with the king. He had developed a relationship with, with, this, with this king here. And he had never been sad before him. And the king said, what's wrong with you? He readily known. He was open. He was honest. He was, he was transparent. He had an implication of being public with all the things that was going on. And if you and I are to walk in the light of the Lord this morning, there will be something in our lives to be open with the Lord and to be open with one another. What does that simply mean? It simply means we bear one another's burdens. Amen. I don't, I'm not talking, listen to me, I'm not talking that you've got to go tell everything in your life that's going on. Are you, are you following me this morning? But there's times in our life we need somebody to come along and lock elbows with us. 
There's moments in our life we need somebody to come and put their arm around us to help us and to aid us and say, hey, I want to let you know I'm praying for you. I, I, I hope you to be encouraged today because God laid you up on my heart and I, and I said a prayer for you. I'm lifting you up. I'm pleading the Holy Spirit. I'm pleading the blood upon your life today. Do we love one another? Do we care for one another? If there's anything that John, the the Apostle John writes about, it's about love. Our love for the Lord is the basis of our love for one another. Amen. And our love for one another is the basis of this ability to be transparent. We must love each other this morning. Amen. we got to love one another. Are we reaching out to those that's in need? Are we living openly? This morning? Are we living transparently this morning? Are we trusting, uh, trustworthy enough to allow others into our life to some extent? You see, one of the things that I believe that Nehemiah is teaching us here is if we want to understand kingdom building, we gotta, we gotta, we got to reveal who we are to some around us. For some unstated reason, the king knew that Nehemiah was not sick in verse 2. He, the king says, why does your face look so sad? You're not ill. You're not sick. Why does your face look so sad? Nehemiah didn't hide his emotions. He didn't try to hide what was going on. We do that every day in the church world. Oh, yeah, we come and we shake somebody's hand. How you doing? I'm doing great. When you know all the time hell's loose in your life. All the time we put this face on and, and we know all the time that our life is in chaos. All the time we'll come, oh, everything is hunky-dory, everything is great, when we know that hell is turning loose in our life. And if something doesn't happen, we don't know what we're going to do. But Nehemiah was open with the king. Why are you upset, Nehemiah? You, you, you're not sick. Why are you upset? Not only is Nehemiah willing to, to reveal himself to others, he, he is honest with himself. It simply means what I said a while ago is just getting real with ourselves. Being real with ourselves. You see, because when we're real with ourselves, we can be real with others. Are we real with ourselves today? Are we real with others today? And so we've got to understand if we're going to get involved in kingdom building, if we're going to get involved in being a soldier in the army of the Lord and building up others that's around us and building the presence of God and building God's kingdom up, we've got to be real with ourselves. So often, so often we don't want to take the time to call somebody and say, hey, Hadn't saw you in a few weeks. Just checking on you. So often we don't want to take the time to get on the phone and to go see somebody or whatever the case and say, hey, I just, I just in my spirit, I just felt like something was going on with you. And God just wants me to, wants me to let you know that, that, uh, that, that he loves you. He cares for you. I'm, that's building the kingdom of God. That's building the kingdom of God. God can take anybody. God can take anything and do something with. Amen. He can, take, he can take our faults and our failures and all of those things and actually do something with. We're living in the last days. Are we not supposed to build the kingdom of God? We're not supposed to be sitting idly by and just doing our own thing. We're supposed to be bringing others in. We're supposed to be telling others about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Second thing is this. Kingdom building moves through prayer. It moves through a petition. Nehemiah began to pray. You look, in verse, you look in verse number 2 and 3, you'll understand that prayer worked. Nehemiah knew that he, pray, he, was, he prayed, but did he need to pray more? He knew that something besides prayer had to be done as well. We can pray, and that's wonderful. But every now and then, we've got to get up and put action to our prayers. We've got to put some feet on our prayers. It's one thing to come before the house of the Lord like we've done this morning and to get the blessings of God and just kneel before His presence and lay out before His presence. But I'll tell you, at some point in time, we're going to leave this place and go out there. 
And out there is when we got to work. Out there is when we got to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Out there is when we got to show or let our light shine before men that they may see Jesus Christ in our life today. Amen? What is prayer, Pastor? Prayer is just coming into the presence of God like we've done. Prayer is entering the throne room of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Prayer is taking our concerns to the one who cares for me. Prayer is standing on holy ground. Prayer is communicating with the creator of the world that spoke this world into existence with one word, all the mountains and seas and oceans and stars and all of these things. Prayer is a child talking to his father. Prayer is bringing our hearts to the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Prayer is reaching out to our redeemer. Prayer is crying out to the rock that is higher than we are. Prayer is calling out to the only one who can save us today. Prayer is simply touching the one who loves us with an unending, an unfailing, and an unquenchable love. Prayer is bringing all of our questions to the one who has all the answers. Prayer is connecting our lives with an all-knowing God and an all-present God and an all-powerful King of Kings. Prayer is coming near to the Lord Jesus Christ. Moses told the people in Deuteronomy what other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way our God is near us whenever we pray to him and can I just remind you of those words to us at Pathway what church and what kind of church wants to wants to be a church without the presence of God near them let us be a people let us be a congregation let us be a church that serves an almighty God and when we come into his presence we know that he is near amen if we don't then we're just getting together and there's no reason for any of us to be here we got to have God's presence. we got to have God's presence, and prayer is the key. Prayer is a key. Prayer, prayer petition not only involves you, but it involves others as well. I want you to understand that Nehemiah, he got things squared away with God, and he knows that he's going to have to have the help of others. And you know the story there. If it pleases the king, write letters. If it pleases the king, do this, do that, let me go. King found favor in his sight. Well, Nehemiah, I want you, I want you here with me, but how long are you going to be gone? And they set a time for him to be gone, to go and take care of what he needed to take care of. You can look at verse number 6, and you'll see that Nehemiah's prayer was answered. How many knows it it pays to pray? It pays to pray. Verse 7 and 8, Nehemiah could see the hand of God at work in his life, and so he asked for a lot more. I will tell you, one of the things I love about God, you can never ask too much on God. He he, he has an open, open invitation, just ask whatever you will. Right? Ask whatever you will. Whatsoever you want, just ask. I read a, I read a thing, and I didn't, I didn't know this. Some of you may have, may have knew this, but, but the origin of taps, the, the music that's played at a lot of cemetery funerals and military funerals, they said that it all began back in 1862 during the Civil War when a Union Army captain by the name of Robert Ellicombe with, with, with his men near Harrison's Landing in Virginia, the Confederate Army was on the other side of a narrow strip of land, they said. And during the night, Captain El- Ellicombe heard the moans of a soldier who had severely was severely wounded on the field. Not knowing if he was a Union soldier or a Confederate soldier, the captain decided to risk his life and bring the stricken man back for medical attention. He crawled on his stomach for some time, and the captain reached the soldier began to pull him toward his camp. 
When the captain finally reached his own lines, he discovered that it was actually a Confederate soldier, an enemy soldier. But the soldier was dead by the time he pulled him back. And the captain lit a lantern and suddenly caught his breath and he went numb with shock. In the dim light, he saw the face of a soldier and it was his own son. His own son. Without him knowing it, this boy had, had been studying music in the, in, the, in the South. And when war broke out, without telling his daddy, without telling his father, he enlisted in the Confederate Army. And that following morning, this heartbroken father, he asked permission, sort of like Nehemiah did. He asked permission. He asked permission of his supervisors to give his son a full military burial despite the enemy's status. His request was partly granted. But the captain, he'd ask if he could have a group of an army band members to play a funeral song at his son's funeral. And this request was turned down since the soldier was a confederate. But out of request and out of respect for his father, they said you could have one musician to play for your son's funeral. And this captain chose a burglar. And that's where we get taps at today. And they played a song. Here's the cool thing. They played the song that this boy, this father, found a sheet of music in the boy's pants. And that's what he had played. That's what he was working on. And that's where we get taps today. He knew that he had to have a list. He enlisted other people to help him. Nehemiah knew the same thing. you got to understand, church, when we seek God as our help, we'll, he will use others to help us. He'll use others to help us. He'll use others to help us. Now, some of y'all need to get this because, because you're, you're a maverick. And you want to do things all by yourself. And that's not what God intended. I want to decide this all by myself. I want to do this all by myself. I want to, I want to take care of all this. No, sometimes you can do that. But I'll tell you, God uses other people to help you. You've got to make yourself transparent before him. And I hope you're getting this this morning because all of this plays into our relationship with the master. We've got to be transparent before God so he can really, really, really deal with us. Because if we're closed-minded, spiritually speaking, if we're not transparent before God, we're not going to allow God to use us. We're not going to allow God to speak through us. We're not going to allow God to, to, to move upon our life. We're not going to allow God to speak those things in our life. Listen to me this morning. God needs to speak each and every day into our life. God needs to have His way in our life every day. Can I remind you of something? It ain't got nothing to do with you. It's not about you. It's about Him and what He wants to do in your life. And I've got to be open to the Father. I've got to be open to the Master. I've got to be open to what His plans is for my life. I've got to be open to what He's saying in my life today. Amen. Sometimes He's going to stretch me. Sometimes He's going to let me get in the heat of the fire. Sometimes it's going to be smooth sailing. Sometimes the waters is going to get a little rough. But can I tell you, God is always there. Amen. And if I find myself, Brother Larry, getting out of the boat and sinking, my God is always there. If I find myself messing up, He's always there. If I find myself in trouble, He's always there. If I find myself in need, He's always there. If I find myself I don't have an answer, He's got the answer. If I find myself I don't know what direction I need to go, He'll prepare the path in front of me and He'll open my eyes to clearly see the path. Amen. Amen. That's the God that we serve. Kingdom building. Very quickly this morning. The third thing is this. Kingdom building demands. Look at your neighbor say it demands. It demands work. From the very beginning, Nehemiah does not throw his work off on anybody else. We know the story. Oh yeah, he needed lots of help. Lots of help. But he would not resist his place in the work. When God sends us out to do a task. When God sends us out to build his kingdom. Can I tell you that he sends you out armed and dangerous? 
Oh, yes, he does. You say, Pastor, I never saw myself armed and dangerous before. Well, you're looking at yourself in a wrong light then this morning. You're a soldier in the army of the Lord. We're soldiers in the army of the Lord, so I'm armed and dangerous. Devil, look out. It's me. Devil, look out. I'm coming your way. Devil, look out. You're not going to be able to stop me because he that is with me is greater than he that's against me. Amen. And I'm marching forward. I'm moving forward in the army of the Lord. Hallelujah. God always has a plan for his kingdom. God always has a plan for his plan. And that includes you and I working his plan. There's so many times the problem that you and I have, we get this plan, we get that plan, we get that plan, and we never can stay focused on what God wants us to do. Can I remind you of something? If God's give you something to do, just stay on it. Stay on course. Stay on the plan and let God fulfill it. Amen. Amen. Somebody, I don't know where this came from, but it's very true of the American church today. Now, I'm glad it's not altogether true about this church. You'll understand what I'm talking about when I say it. Someone has estimated that the average number of the church, an average member, I should say, of a church, has heard 6,000 sermons and has heard 8,000 congregational songs, but has led... Nobody to Jesus. Think about this. I don't like I said. I don't know who wrote this. The average church member has listened to six thousand sermons, has sang eight thousand songs, and led nobody to Jesus. Here's the way the problem works with a church of around two hundred people. Twenty are too old to work. That leaves one hundred eighty left to do the work. But the rest, but of the rest, eighteen are too timid. To accept much responsibility, so that leaves 162 left to work. But 12 of them are out of town or away from for school, and that leaves 150 to work. But 25 of those work long hours, six or seven days a week, so that leaves 125 left to work. But 20 out of those are, are tied down with children, and that leaves, that leaves 105 left to work. 20 of those are unable to work because of poor health, so that leaves 85 left to work. Fifty-five are unfaithful and do, do not attend regularly and don't care, and that leaves 30 left to work. Twenty of those will attend church, but they refuse to work. That leaves ten left to do the work. Eight of those are tired from doing all the work. And they ask to be relieved. That leaves two people, you and me. But I'm too busy with other things, so you do the work. Say, Pastor, you know, that's a real comical. It is. But I want you to really, really think about it in the churches today. How, if, 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 if that little story, that little funny thing is, is correct, then how in the world are we going to build God's kingdom? How is the kingdom of God going to be built? How is the kingdom of God going to be restored even? How, how are the walls going to be built back up? Those walls, you know, that's lying, lying in waste, that's burned, the, the, the gates that's burned. How, how are we going to replace those things if that speaks of who we are as the church is today? It won't happen, will it? The math doesn't add up. Michelle, if you will, come real quick. The truth is this. God has a plan, and it will include our work. The question is, are we willing to work for the kingdom of God? Are we willing to do what we need to do for the kingdom of God? I hope we are. And I, and, I, and I pray that God will speak to every one of us through his word and that each of us will take ownership in the reality of the kingdom that God has prepared for you and I.
We're, we're soldiers in the army of the Lord. And I want to leave you with this thought this morning. I think, I think it was Sister Michelle sung a, sung a, I think they sung a song, a new song that had this in it. But this is, she didn't know this was in my notes. Moses, think about this. Moses was a carrier of the glory of God. He carried God's glory. He was a carrier of the glory of God. But can I tell you this? You also are called to be a carrier of the glory. Now, don't miss this. What are you doing with His glory? What are you doing with the glory of God? Is your situation so big that it outshines His glory? Is your situation so large? Let's let's just say, for instance, that this is God's glory. He's give me a job. I'm carrying His glory. And His glory's got to shine. Everywhere I go, it's got to shine. Everywhere I go, people's got to see His glory. They don't need to see me. They need to, you know, as John said, I've got to decrease that He may increase. Right? His glory's got to shine. His glory has to shine. So is my situation that I'm involved in so large that it overshadows His glory? I'm a carrier of the glory of God. Moses was a carrier of the glory. So much so that, you know, sometimes folk couldn't look upon him. How are you shining today? How are you shining today? Say, Pastor, why, you know, you're just trying to get in our face this morning. Yeah, I am. Sure am. Because we got to carry the glory. It's not me. It's not you. And if I, if I read the scriptures right, that when we see the coming of the Lord nearing, and we, and we do every day, if I understand what I read, Brother Johnny Wright, when I, when I see his coming, then I, as a, am a, as a soldier of the army, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to light the fire even more in me to tell others and to reach others because time is short. How am I going to do that if the glory is not burning, it's not shining? How am I going to do that when I am so busy with everything else that I don't have time to carry His glory? If there's one thing that God has been dealing with me lately, is just what I've preached about this morning is just me getting real with Him. You say, Pastor, you're a pastor. You, you come to church every day. I understand that, but I'm human too. I, I, I get that. But sometimes, Brother Adam, I make mistakes too. I don't please God all the time. I'd like to, but old flesh sometimes rises up within me. And I have to come back to the realization that, Lord, it's not about me. It's you. It's all about you. And if somebody ticks me off, I, Lord, it's still about you. If services didn't go just like I wanted them to go, Lord, it's still about you. Can I be open with you just a little bit? Hey, some of you ladies should have been here yesterday, but you weren't here. I'm not, I'm not trying. Don't, don't, take, don't go out here saying I'm getting on to you. I'm just telling you where we are. You miss what God was speaking in our hearts, in our lives. Not blaming you because you, some of you had a lot of things to do. I, I get it. 
But how are we, how are we going to carry His glory when we at times don't have the time or take the time to pick it up and to go with us? We leave it at the house sometimes. But God is asking us, you're involved in kingdom building. You're involved in building my, my team, my family, my army. We've got to move forward in these last days. We've got to move forward.